You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. We're doing this thing. Knowing it. We're All here. Right. <laughs> We're here. We're here. Where are the, we? We are in the Sheraton Hotel LA studio. We have <laughs> a little corner. Yeah, we're in a little corner on the third floor. And we are here with Miss Shalene and Brett Johnson. Hi. Why are Hi. you guys here? What are you doing here? Well, we were here. Um, this is the first time we've ever attended this conference. I did a keynote this morning and then a podcast panel this afternoon. Oh, and- fun. And now I get to spend some time with you guys. Yeah, I love it. So um, actually, we were connected through a friend, Rachel, Rachel Dovey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so really cool. And I've actually been following Shalene for a long time. Um, Jill and I, you guys know, are, we're from the fitness industry. Yeah. So Shalene was back in the back in the day, OG. Like, <laughs> OG <King>. fitness, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it. so we're super pumped to have you guys here and, and Brett as well. So thank you guys for coming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks so much for uh, being here, you guys. And just so, I mean, obviously, I think people do know you, but if they don't, can you give uh, just a really brief summary of kind of like your uh, trajectory through like the fitness space and now into business and all that you do? Sure. Um, well, we started in business initially when we first got married. It evolved into fitness because we saw an opportunity there. Uh, I always like to preface that by saying it wasn't like my life's passion or purpose. It just was like, okay, I'm good at business. We like working together and there's an opportunity here to get us out of debt if we focus. So we decided to kind of put all of our side businesses on the side and focus on just one. And that happened to have been fitness. And so we created a company that certified thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of fitness instructors worldwide, like 60 some odd countries that evolved into an apparel line and then more certifications that caught the attention of infomercial companies. And then we um, started doing consumer work and doing fitness infomercials. We had a couple of number one fitness infomercials. And ultimately, we sold several of those companies to fitness giant Beachbody in 2012. Yeah, 2012. Was it 2011 or 2012? 2012. 2012. And uh, all along, we've been kind of teaching people business because I always say the reason why we've been successful in fitness is not because we're the ultimate experts in fitness, but we're we're good at marketing a message and helping people. Um, so then we really decided 
that's always been my passion is teaching business. And uh, so we decided to teach people how it is we did what we've done, no matter what industry you're in. And and that's um, where we've been since 2012. So you, you guys said you started in business together. So when you got married, were you like, this was a thing you guys wanted to always be in business together? Or how did that work out? No, I think she probably had that idea. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't come from that background. So I was finishing up playing professional football and trying to play as long as I could. Right. And it ends for, you know, it ends for everybody at some point. So when it ended for me, I kind of went into a typical like nine to five job. Let's just say, um, hours were a little bit differently, but just, just a normal job. Um, and she started down this path and that's when she started creating, um, certifications and like programs that could be converted into certifications. There weren't certifications yet. Um, and she recruited me to come help. Yeah. You know, I actually first started recruiting you when we were in college together at Michigan State. <laughs> and um, Recruiting him as your boyfriend? To- or- <laughs> no, recruiting him to work for me. So at the time I was running uh, used car lots at Michigan State. Amazing. And, uh, and I would ask for him and his football buddies to come and staff it for me. And uh, so, so he always knew I was like always doing something, always like, and then I had like five different, I always had a million different businesses at once. And um, it was really once, once he got me to focus on one that I was able to, you know, really recruit him because he had so many of the skills that I did not have and were a lot of the reasons why we weren't successful is because I didn't know how, I didn't have an interest in this area of the business or strength there. And I didn't know what I was going to do when once she recruited me to the business because it was fitness and it was I, I wasn't going to like teach aerobics or like I didn't create value there. But it just took me some time to figure out both of us some time to figure out like, OK, where's my niche in this and where am I going to add value and what like lane can I take off in? type of thing so that took some that took some time and some navigating yeah so what does that look like today then so your business today what's your role brett in like what you do with is it called team johnson and then what is it's 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 the easiest way to explain it is she's like front of stage just like anything content delivery i do a little bit of that a little bit more than that the last couple years but mainly my stuff's like behind the scenes. So I'm making sure her operations is going well. I'm making sure that her content is seen, her content is monetized. And, you know, so making sure that we, we, we have a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm creative in ideas and we're both really good at marketing. Um, Brett's really competitive. I'm, I'm not competitive, but I'm strategic when it comes to marketing. He's super competitive. So it's a, a really good blend and I think um, because we've eventually figured out who needs to be in which lane and respect each other for that, that it's that's when it started to really work. Because at first it didn't. At first it was really, really a struggle because I just needed help and I didn't know how to ask for it or even what to ask for. I just knew I needed help. So your default is you ask for help doing the things you don't have time to do, which he's not, that's not his gift, right? And eventually that that created a lot of tension between us like where he probably felt like I was treating him like an employee and uh and and then me realizing like I just I don't even know how to ask for what I need but I know we need we're failing here and that's kind of where he stepped in yeah and I didn't know how to um articulate that like that was the feeling that she was giving me so I just kind of like dealing with it that which then led to resentment which then led to me just like 
disassociating with it and kind of just like, okay, whatever. And so once we plowed through that hmm. valley um, and figured it out, it's been, it's been amazing since. Yeah. Would you all recommend that people go into business with a significant other? I think we thought at one point that it could be done, but hmm. I think there's some people that they shouldn't just because we did a mentorship program for a couple yeah. years and you know it, and we only we said we want to specialize if we're going to do mentorship it's really important to us to help couples figure this out because there is a way to figure it out so we said let's only take couples where one partner is at least one of them is an entrepreneur and the other person d didn't necessarily have to be but let's help them navigate this and so we took on how many couples first 30. year and pretty quickly we realized like, oh, some people, this just is not <laughs> going to work. You're like, like well, you are you better do. off not doing this together. Yeah. You're going to kill each other yeah. and the business and it's not worth it. Yeah. What or, was the distinction? Was it like two people or entrepreneurs? Like I married, my ex-husband was like an entrepreneur too and we always butted heads because both of us were more like vision people. Was it, do you need to have someone who likes to? I think there are a lot of, most of the circumstances that we're talking about that, that didn't look like it was good. Like one of the, one of them didn't have that vision. Um, we didn't have too many that were both entrepreneurs that butted heads. A lot of them were, one was an entrepreneur, almost like our situation, but they, did, they, they weren't listening to us on how to like navigate through that. And one, one was gung-ho and the other one was always reserved. Mm -hmm. I think the, the number one reason why it won't work is if you don't respect each other. So I think you can have two entrepreneurs who respect each other, but oftentimes that's two people who are competing. Yeah. And so ego stands in the way. I think it can also backfire when one person's the entrepreneur, but they've, they're just not giving any attention or credit or... Um, they significance to mm -hmm. their significant other. Yeah. And so of course the other person's going to be resentful of the business. So it's it's all about respect. And sometimes you can't teach that. They either get resentful toward the business or toward the spouse, right? Yep. Or both. Yeah. So let's go back to that because I know you've shared the story um about a moment and maybe you could just go through this moment of like when Brett had enough and kind of walk us through that because I think a lot of women are in this space where they're like, they're pushing, they feel like maybe their spouse doesn't understand, they're putting a lot of extra hours in, they're putting in all this work, maybe they're doing the same thing, they're like, take some stuff off my plate and help me, like what are you doing standing there? And what was going on during that point and then what was your breaking point and how'd you go, okay, we, we have to do something different or this marriage isn't gonna work? Yeah. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to? No, I, I, I can start and then you can, you can jump in. Um, so yeah, what were like you what seeing? Just, well, like I was talking about, like, you, you know, to become resentful and then you kind of like disassociate. And what I did was I went into, like Shaleen said, I'm very competitive. I played, you know, sports my whole life up to professional sports. And then just like everything, you retire from that, you finish that. And, um, once that feeling came in, I went into like, trying to find something that would soothe that. And it was a gambling addiction. And so, so I kind of, the, the, the more she worked, the more I gambled. So it was just one of those things that we were, you know, going in opposite directions. And do you think subconsciously <clears throat> you were trying to get back at her or was it? No, I think it was, I think it was me inside. I don't think I, I felt that way. Once I yeah. found out, I was like, Oh, this is personal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I was, I felt so personally attacked by all of it. Once I, figured out the gambling that um 
and I was so righteous and angry and felt like I was holier than thou and how could you have done this? I, you knew how hard I was working and, and our tension was always about money, but I couldn't figure out why. Like I just knew that if I came up with an idea, if I worked harder and we made more money, he wasn't as anxious. So I assumed his tension was always like, you're not making enough money, you're not coming up with enough ideas, not realizing how we were just in this loop where I was working harder, that created more opportunities for him to gamble. It was just like an addiction. An addiction. Yes. And we see it in, you know, mine was a um, socially, socially acceptable yeah, addiction, yeah. Sure. which is still pushed. Like workaholic. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we still see it like crazy. Um, and his is one that isn't, and it wasn't really, I didn't realize I had an addiction. I was like, I've got work ethic. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like, yep. Look out. But um, until I went to therapy thinking like I was going to be able to tell my therapist how horrible my husband was and I had to look in the mirror. Yeah, and, and that was the key. Going to therapy, um, obviously we found separate therapists that were you, you know ideal for both of us and you know I went for two and a half years every single week, double sessions and- You, you did know, like four hours a week for a year. Wow. Yeah. 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 So just to get through, that's why I know, like I was able to just say, no, I wasn't doing it to take it out on her. I was doing stuff to soothe myself. And did and you initially realize you had a problem or did something happen to where it was like, put the brakes on? And oh, then I knew I had a problem. Like literally the day she confronted, like she had all her evidence, like she I had, had my receipts, she had all of her stacks of like knowing she didn't even need those stacks. Like I didn't fight it or anything. Like she, she said, what's going on and stuff like that. And literally it was like taking the gorilla off my back. Like, Oh, oh God, thank God she knows. Like now, now, like I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just knew like, okay, I don't have to, you know what hide I'm saying? It. Like hide it. It was it's like that deep secret that it was just like, I don't have to, it, it's out. Yeah. Like now I just have to go deal with it. I didn't know how I was going to deal with it. Um, but you know, we, you know, she quickly gave me basically the ultimatum type of deal. You know, we, we, you need to go to therapy and I believe at that point you were like for Brock and Sierra. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for, you know, our, our children, Brock and Sierra. And you know, I just, I, I, I have an addictive personality, right? So, so I got addicted to therapy which was good I went I loved it I loved the way it made me feel sure. and, you know that kind of thing um and then now I'm which is kind of which is kind of ironic so you asked me what I do besides doing the um kind of the back end stuff marketing and stuff for the business I also make sure that you, you know our finances are growing and that I invest money for us and I'm still the one in charge of money which probably some people go are you crazy Shalene but I took just, some time to get there yeah that's trust. Uh, yeah. You know, I know you've talked a lot on your show about affairs, and this was an affair. Yeah. You know, it was a betrayal. It was, I went through all of the emotions. I read books about affairs because that's what it felt like. An alternative life. How many years has this been going on? So you mean when you said you were going there, you weren't? You mean when you were on the phone with so-and-so, you weren't? You mean when you couldn't go to that, this was going on? You mean all those late, and like you do all that like backtracking, going over all the all the things you're like, well, how stupid was I, you know, and beating yourself up. And once, once I realized what ha was going on, the way I handled it was research mode. Like, okay, before I confronted him, how do I handle this? What do I need to, to do? What do I need to say? If, what do I want? 
And if I ask for that and he doesn't respond the way I, I want him to, what will I do? And if he says this, what will I do? So I knew, okay, no matter, I can't, I don't know what he's going to do, but I know what I'm going to do based on how he responds. And I was very clear and relaxed and peaceful once I made all those decisions before confronting him. And then the way, I think one of the reasons why it was so easy for, not easy, certainly not easy, but the reason why reconciliation happens in some relationships and not in others is how your the the partner who's been discovered, how they respond. And his was with deep, deep remorse and whatever you say, I will do it. And whatever you need, I will give it to you. So there were times after the discovery where I said, I, if you walked out of the house, I need to know where you're going and I need to check your phone records and you don't have, per- you can't say no if this is going to work. And he was like, fine, absolutely. And, you know, so it was years of building that trust back up where then it was like, it made sense for him to take care of the money. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot of sense. And I think in any kind of betrayal, you kind of have to go through those steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. It's funny. Before you even said that, I was like, this is exactly like it's, you know, even though it's not a, like a, a romantic affair, it is a betrayal that is so Deep. deeply because you do yeah. the question, okay, these are two different realities we were living. Yeah. Yeah. It, Who are you? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that that came up. And so this is kind of a follow up question to that as a personal brand. When do you share something like that? So we have a lot of people who are trying to build their personal brand. Like when's, is there a point of TMI? Like how do you know when to share and if you should share? Yeah, we, we did. We talked a lot about it. Um, we, we waited till the kids were old enough to like understand. Cause I remember, like you said, you heard me tell, that was the first time I told mm-hmm. the story in front of people. Yeah. And we actually told the children just before that. that. And they weren't kids then. Like they were both in high school and older and secure. And we want, so I think when you have something really personal that involves other people, it is no longer just your story. And so while I felt comfortable sharing that story and, and I like to share everything with my audience once I'm through it, I knew it wasn't mine to share. I knew that it would impact him. I knew that, um, it would impact our children. And so it was all about like waiting until the time was right. You know, a friend of mine was talking about the fact that, you know, she's a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And as much as she wants to help people with this, she also doesn't want to hurt her parents and have them spend their last years feeling guilty about it. And I think that's really, that's an individual decision. Some people don't have that relationship. So you really have to evaluate what's right for you. And for us, it was when it was right for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And going through the therapy too, like I wasn't ready to go on like and talk about it publicly or talk about it like right now. Um, So I had to go through everything. Like she said, she was ready. She was ready to talk about it before I was for sure. hundred percent. And I remember her coming to me. It's like, well, you should, you should talk. Are you ready to talk about this? And she helped me. She helped me through it. She helped me like, you know, script it out and like figure out exactly what the audience needs to hear and what they don't need, you know, what's too much information or whatever. Um, And then talking to the kids about it too was important to us. So you, you know, that they knew, because if you're, like you said, if you're a public figure, they're going to hear about it. Sure. And we wanted them to know that m- marriages have these horrible moments. They do. I don't know anyone who's been married for 25 years, which we have been, that hasn't had horrible moments. And if you're only teaching your children that 
it's always amazing. They don't realize that amazing marriages go through horrible times, and that's what makes them a, mar a marriage amazing. We are not the same couple. I didn't like him that much. He was hard to be around. It was so much tension. I always felt tension. I didn't know him on a deep level. I didn't, we, he wasn't, I always tell him he wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> He's funny now because he was so guarded. Like when you have secrets, you can't let your guard down. So you can't be funny if you can never let your guard down. Now he's funny and he's loving and he's kind and he's all the things he wasn't before the worst moment in our marriage. And looking back, would you say that you were glad that happened or? Yeah, I, it's, it, it's hard because I, I was a jerk. I was an ass, the whole, the whole thing. I, I, it was like, like she explains, like it was like, walking on eggshells coming into the house and I was like that when once I heard that and I let that sink in and I went through therapy that was like that was like my like model like I'm never gonna have my kids feel that way or Shaleen feel that way again and so it was a major change so and I know what what since we've gone through the valley and back out the back out has been so good that it's like yes I regret what I did to her and you, hundred percent. Like I do never want to put her through that again, but in retrospect, I mean, it's so good now yeah. that it's like, you know, it can be a blessing. It's yeah. interesting. It really right? can. Yeah. If you, if people, if, if you both respond the right way, it can be a blessing or it can just be a blessing because you're with the wrong person. <laughs> you know? and, and real and realistically like both of us, cause you, you know, you, I mean, you went to therapy too and you you know we didn't even talk about like the workaholic thing and where that stemmed from and what like what where where that came from what childhood event that that come from and knowing that and then like totally different person too mm. you know and together totally different couple so different person different person different, different marriage couple, different marriage different, different our children are different because of it are better because of it um i mean everything so this happened, you were talking earlier too about like the workaholic piece. And I know there was a point where Brett said he was going to go. Was this after the gambling uh, thing came out? Like what's the timeline there? First there was the gambling, okay. right? And then shortly thereafter mm -hmm. is when the workaholic piece came in. Um, so, you know, the way I tell a story, some, I don't usually go into both timelines, but the gambling happened first and then the like, okay, now we need to address your addiction was after. Um, I'm interested in that because you have, you've iterated so much in your own kind of personal brand and you've stayed relevant. You've managed to stay relevant for such a long time. And it's so inspiring for someone who's maybe just getting started or, um, you know, maybe has been around for like Danny and I, maybe like nine, 10 years. And we're constantly going, okay, things are changing. How do you iterate and how do you maintain relevancy? I just let God send me wherever he sends me. So like whatever is happening, that's what's going on. Like we're not strategic about it at all. Like we ran to so many people yesterday who were like, so what's next for you guys? We're like, we don't know because it's not our plan, you know? <laughs> and it's fun that way because you are, things are going to change and crazy challenges are coming your way that you can't plan for. But here's the deal. If you just help people get through whatever you've just been through, you'll always be relevant and you'll always be feel, filled with purpose and passion. And um, for us, it has a lot to do with our faith. Like that really is, it's such a relief to know that we're not in charge, mm -hmm. you know? I haven't actually heard you talk about your faith much from like stage or online. Is that something you're starting to bring into your brand or do you have? We always have. Okay. Yeah. I shouldn't say always, probably the last couple years. More than that. I'd well, I mean, say. You, like you, you will talk about it on your 
podcast you'll talk about it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, Probably the last, like... I don't know. I, I, don't know. I yeah, think I think about in terms time. of podcasting. Sure, like, so sure. once I started podcasting, it's probably where it made the most sense mm-hmm, to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it is. It's important uh, to us because it just gives us peace. And um, I think we know what we like. You you ask like what, what what's next? I think we don't know what's next, but we we always know like what we're not going to do. So that's always that's always good if you know if you know what you're not going to do, then that's like half of it. So like we know. You know, we we always are talking like, no, we're not going to do that ever. You know, let, or at least not this season. You know, so we we were pretty clear on that on like what we don't want to do. Yeah, you never get shiny object syndrome. Like everyone's doing this. Maybe oh, no, she gets should. shiny. <laughs> Let's try <laughs> that. We, 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 have to, we have to reel it back every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, but in terms of like what we're doing strategically as a brand, I don't. We don't think about that too much. We probably make a lot of mistakes, but it's easier and it's more fulfilling to just see what happens in our lives and then help people with that. Um, you just can't predict what's going to go wrong next, but something will and. Or there's going to be a challenge, and it's fun to help people with that. And in terms of our faith, um, you know, I, I do mention it in, in my social. Like, I'm not afraid at all to mention it. And, it. and also be okay with the fact that I don't want to bait and switch anyone. I don't want a, a Christian to be surprised by the fact that I very much support the L- LGBTQ community. Like, I don't want you to be surprised by that. I don't want you to be surprised by the fact that I listen to very explicit rap lyrics and I drop an occasional F-bomb. Like, you know, so, but I also want people to understand what's important to me. So, put it out there. Yeah. That's cool. Do you ever get scared when you're about to share some of that stuff? Because I feel like, you know, we really can't get away with not being transparent these days. You know, I feel like the, I think you can pick up on if someone's not being 100% truthful and things like that. So do you ever get scared of like, okay, I'm going to like, I don't know, even if you're feeling like you want your business to be more inclusive or more, more diverse and like, okay, we have to pay attention to this now. Like, are you, how comfortable are you talking about any kind of that? Pretty comfortable, but I will, you know, if I'm being honest, yeah, there are times where I'm like, oh God, I want to say this. I'm like, oh, but I can't because it'll be misinterpreted and they're going to come for me like whoever that is right so there are things where I'm like here's here's how I decide what I'm going to share and what I'm not like how important is it to me like is it part of my fiber or is it just a thing like for example I I don't use the f-bomb on my podcast or from stage but I use it at home so it's it's something I do sometimes but it's not so important that I'm willing to risk offending someone um rap music is that important to me. So I'm going to risk offending you because it's a big part of my events. It's a part of my culture. It's a part of who I am. And if they want to get out of the cart at that time, you know, if they're like, oh my gosh, she listens to rap music with explicit lyrics. I'm out. Okay, bye. Bye, yeah. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to like her because she's doing that every single week. And I have drag queens introduce me at our events and like, you know, so I don't want to surprise anybody, but I'm not giving that up. But there's certain things like, it's not that important to me. So I don't have to, I won't risk offending people with it. The right people will find us. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of room. So when you guys started to, like when Shalene, you were running your business and kind of asking Brett to do all of these other things and you, you kind of separated that. Um, how did you decide like what is going to be his role, your role and start to like actually be instead of being like his boss? Cause I feel like this happens a lot. And I have a girlfriend who really, I think works with her partner and, when I see them interact, I feel like she's like his boss and that suddenly it's like not sexy anymore, right? Like you don't want to sleep with your boss. So how do you start to separate those roles and keep work and your relationship separate or do you keep it separate or how did, how did that start to work when you delineated? 
And this is for both of you, either one. Yeah. There were certain times where we sat down and actually talked about, okay, what, we, what will you do? What will I do? But for the most part, it was me realizing where is he geeked out on this? Like he gets excited about it. And, and usually those are things I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't even, that's not even interesting to me. You know, and he'd be like, oh, no, wait, let's see. Can we get our cost down by 2%? Where I would be like, I didn't even think about it. Um, so it was number one, figuring out where our interests and passions were. And number two was strengths, like seeing, oh, he's really good at this and I'm not great at this. Like we said, we're like obviously great at content, great at delivery, great at speaking on stage, that whole thing. Um, not so great at like anything that has to do with numbers or dates, dates or anything. Like that. <laughs> so like schedule and like, can we do this and does it fit and stuff like that? So like making sure that we're profitable. Yeah. yeah and then we don't <laughs> drive off the edge of a cliff. Yeah. What we describe you? ourselves as I'm the bulldozer yeah. and he's the orange cones. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's pretty much sum, sums it up. Yeah. She and then you just hire at, out the rest for those other pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say, you know, we've worked with a lot of couples where they are disrespectful to each other. And I see a lot of couples intentionally setting one another up. Like, you don't realize you're doing it, but it would be like me saying, like, I need help with you um, creating um, a workout plan for me. And then him turning it back in, me going, well, it's, it's imbalanced, you know, but that's not his gig. But I know I'm overwhelmed with that. It doesn't make sense for me to give it to him and expect him to figure it out. And I used to do this. I'd be like, do this, do this, do this. And then he would start to struggle. And I'd say, just give it to me. And I'd take it back. And that makes him feel less than. It makes me feel masculine. It, it was emasculating for him. And um, you just want to feel significant and loved. And we now... Everything we do, it's like, I'm going to be his biggest fan. He's going to be my biggest fan. And that, it just makes you want to do more. Yeah, 100%. Like, so she's very, like, make sure, because she's in the front. So, like, she gets done the speaking. There's, what, 50 people want to maul her and tell her how amazing and how they've changed her life and stuff like that, right? And then I'm sitting there you know watching or whatever i'm there doing my own thing and making sure the office is running well or our next appointment isn't going to be late or whatever but she always takes the time and says oh my gosh i i can't believe what you do to help us in things that i would never do and you know it's just so that's that's rewarding like i know i get the credit even though he's done a lot of the behind the scenes you know i get to step on the stage at the last minute and i didn't even i wasn't there for the building of the stage and the you know contracting of the people who make everything go so we just do, we've just it's just like anything else. You just you go through you go through a relationship and you just you you keep building on it and building on it and we've just figured out a way to work together that makes us both feel good. I don't think now like we like we wake up, we have our own things that we're supposed to do, we have our own things we're good at and when that happens, then you even become better at those things because your loved one is telling you how good you are at it and that just gives you more confidence and gets you want to drive more and do better and you know. So I think she knows that like I think like she's you know, I don't know why anybody wouldn't just have her on stage at their event or anything like that because there's nobody better. Yeah. Right. I mean, I she, think everyone does want her. Yeah, you know, there's some there's some people that haven't pulled their head out of their sand. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, He's so, so she's a rock star. and she turns back and does the same thing to me. You know, like I can't even believe, you, you know, I, I didn't even know you just did that and how important that it is to us and the family and whatever. So. 
Amazing. So, yeah, it's we very, have a lot of women listening who don't think maybe they're single or maybe they're going through, maybe they just got, we have a lot of people like these midlife kind of getting out of a long-term marriage and maybe are in the dating pool now. And they're worried that there, there aren't a lot of men like Brett that can handle a strong woman. They're like, oh, all these men are really intimidated by I'm strong, independent. I make my own money. I don't really need them financially. What advice would you give, or maybe for both of you, like how is it, obviously you're strong, independent, like bulldozer. So like, what is, what does it take for a man to be on the level? That's a good, I, I think that strong women tend to look for themselves and that's just not going to work. Like, I think not like you really end up looking for someone who's like as powerful, as creative, as all these things, instead of looking for someone who's a compliment to you and who's in awe of you. Because when you're dating you, that's not that interesting, you know? And, and I, before I dated Brett, I always dated guys that were like, you know, more like me. And I couldn't figure out like, why do you not think I'm great? <laughs> you know, like, I don't understand. You don't understand. This is great. <laughs> and then, and I realized it's because they're better. Like they're that too. Yeah. So it's not interesting. So they wanted you to think that they're great. And you're yeah. both like, what? <laughs> so I think it's, um, that's one problem. I think the second problem is that we strong women, we we're, we always want to be strong. And sometimes you have to recognize it feels good for a man or a woman to take care of like and and so recognizing and giving them an opportunity to do that and finding that place where you don't have to be dominant you know and there's there's situations where and I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, but like there's just there's like, just like there's a genetic component to all of us where one person wants to caretake and and they're really good at it. And we have to give people who, especially if you're a strong person, you need someone to take care of you. You know, you do. And you don't always want to admit you don't that. Know how to receive. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. Yeah, how we to don't receive. know how to receive a and B. You teach people how to treat you. Right. And so I always say if you want a. A husband like this one you've you've got a it's training like and, and it's me learning and him teaching me how to treat him literally the first part of our marriage was not our dynamic was also a lot different i think than what you just like described because i came from being like a quarterback the one that was getting interviewed all the time the one the most focal point of the you know the hype profile position you win you get all the credit you lose you get all the bl- you know i i went through all that getting ridiculed in the press getting articles written about me getting booed in stands getting cheered and so i've gone through all that kind of stuff like notoriety so I, I i guess i can see her and i can empathize a little bit with you know what she goes through and like that's why it's so important when she comes off stage or before she goes on stage it's like you're gonna kill it you did amazing and stuff like that because that's what you want when I was playing, that's all I wanted. It was like, just, you know, a loved one afterwards to come and say, you did good, you know, you, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I've been there and even though I understand your question, strong woman, but I feel like I, I mean, I've always been strong. It's just like, I just had to learn my, my biggest, my biggest, um, uh, navigation was figuring out like, entrepreneurship and like what my role was and also I would say what we had to learn is I had to learn as a strong woman to stop bulldozing him and I was doing that it was a language I was using you know I talk about how strong women use language sometimes that really emasculates a man like I hate it when I hear women say we I brought my husband home 
I retired my husband. Like, you never hear a man say that. Mm-hmm. You don't hear him say, I brought my wife home. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what, by your ponytail? Like, <laughs> it's such a strange thing to say. Like, simmer down. Take your ego out of it. Chill out. You know, and I hate it when women talk about, like, I make more money than him. We're together. We make money. If I'm making money, then I've got the wrong perspective. I, if we're married, I think the idea is if I can do something amazing, it's because I have amazing support. Therefore, we. And the language I used to use was like, um, I need your help in my business. I need you to do this for me. And so we had to, I had to change my language and he had to find his voice. He had to know that it was, he, I didn't realize, I would say, is that good with you? Are you okay with that? And he'd be like, yeah. But his eyes were saying, no. <laughs> right. And I was like, are you sure? Are you sure you're okay with it? And he'd be like, it's fine. It's whatever. And I would be like, I, I knew it wasn't okay, but he didn't know how to tell me things weren't okay. Yeah. And I think we, we just do a better job of it now. Like she doesn't, you know, she uses the right words. It's never like, oh, my business or anything like that. It's ours. It's we. And it's the same thing with like on my side with like, I, you know, in charge of finances and stuff like that. I never come to her and go, oh, I made this move today and we did this. And it's like, we, look what we just did. Look what we have together. Even though she she just gets it like when I tell her like, hey, this is what we're doing right now. And she's like, okay, cool. You know, I always tell her what we're doing with our finances and stuff. But it's like, it's always we. Here's what we did. And did you guys learn those communication techniques from therapy? Or was that just like... A little bit of therapy and a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, students. And we read a million parenting books and a million marriage books to be better. You know, I think people spend so much time figuring out how to get in better shape and how to, you know, eat clean and organize their house, etc. And they don't spend enough time thinking about like, how can I be better in my relationships? And that's what makes you happy, ultimately. And so I, I would encourage people to read as many books about parenting and or marriage as possible. Yeah. And there's, there was two little ones watching us do it too and and you just you you have to just make sure like the next you you know when they get married they bring in healthy habits so they saw us going to therapy they you know we didn't tell them you know we told them about the gambling thing so there's going to be valleys and stuff like that so they don't get discouraged they both done therapy tons both of them to get you know not together but you know separately but both of them done therapy so like just teaching them that skill is you know do you have any resources, books, like top couple that you were like, these I are really great? Them, I'll pull them up on my Audible and uh, share with you some of them. I think Five Love Languages is a great one. Um, controversial, but I, I found it really helpful for strong women is um, uh, How to Treat Your Husband. I forget the title of them, but I'll give you the titles of the ones that have had the most profound impact on us. And it is something you should devote time to. And now with podcasts, there's so many great podcasts that are just devoted to marriage and, you know, even the strong woman theory, you know, that whole idea, like that's a big deal now. So many more women are stepping into their own because of online space. You can build a business in two days. Yep. Yep. Cool. So we can link that in the show notes. Um, 
Want to do last question? This is great. This is so awesome. Yeah. We weren't sure what direction we were going to go in, but this is amazing. Thank awesome. you guys so much. So Thank where you the is the best ways? I know that you're launching a program now. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and kind of? Sure. Yeah. Like we, we like to help people with their businesses. It's called the Marketing Impact Academy. Um, it's not current. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's not open, there's always a wait list. Um, but for those who are like looking to figure out what it takes to take a social media following and begin to monetize it, um, they can download. We've got a free report on how to do that with Instagram. You just go to shaleen.com forward slash IG hacks. They could download that there. And then where else can we find you? On Instagram? I'm on Instagram, Brett Johnson 11. I'm usually causing some chaos over there. Yep, Brett Johnson 11, and I'm Shaleen Johnson. I love it, guys. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. This is yeah. great. Awesome. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.